You're listening to The Big Data Beard. We are back with another episode of The Big Data Beard podcast, where we explore the trends, technology, and talented people that make big data a big deal. I'm your host for this episode. My name is Brett Roberts, and with me is my boy, Kyle Prince. Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, buddy. How are you? Doing great. How about you? Doing great. Off of a uh, four-day-long work trip and home. I'm excited. Get to sleep in my own bed tonight. Pump. Welcome back. I'm sure you only have a couple days before you have to turn it back around and get back on the road. Where are yeah, you next time? Correct. Heading to Dallas to cover for the Aaron Banks at the uh, Dell EMC Forum. It's going to be a great time. Sweet. And that being said, also with us is Aaron Big Data Banks. It's her first time on the podcast. Aaron, what's up, girl? Hey, how are you doing? Doing well. Welcome to the show. Glad you can make it. Thanks. And thanks, Kyle, for covering for me in Dallas. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Only for you. Only for you. Yeah. It actually is uh, my 30th birthday uh, the day before. What? So, oh my yeah. gosh. Happy birthday. Thanks. Thanks. Oh Everybody gosh. collectively, all the listeners right now, all 10 yeah. of you, everybody say happy birthday. One, two, three. Happy birthday. Oh, thanks, everybody. So this is Erin's first time on the show, so she will be in the hot seat tonight. She's going to be answering some hard questions. Erin, are you prepared? Oh, yeah. I got this. Are you psyched? No. No. Just prepared, not psyched. Exactly. All right. <laughs> well, before we start the show and move on to our news segment, we do have a little disclaimer for the audience tonight, and uh, we need to get this out of the way first. So, Banks, yeah. you have a mouth like a sailor. Yeah, and I know. There's a really good chance that you're going to drop some F-bombs, some B-bombs, some S-bombs, some, a lot of bombs, right? Yeah. Don't worry, audience. We are going to uh, bleep them out in post. But, Banks, you came up with a really cool solution for when, when this happens. So tell us about that. Yeah, so absolutely. So I, as you said, I kind of have a potty mouth, and I still kiss my mother with this mouth. She still loves me no matter what. She doesn't judge me at all. Um so what I've decided to do is since uh, Kyle or Brett are going to have to go through the pain of beeping out my potty mouth, I'm going to donate $10 for every beep to the Road Recovery Organization. It's a um, program that's really close to my heart. I recently lost a very dear family member, Samuel Thomas Gilman, to a heroin overdose. And Road Recovery is a great program that uses music to really help kids with through adversities, including addictions. And they have this program right now called Don't Give Up Program. And they have t-shirts that you can buy from Bontons. And it's great because Peter Frampton was just wearing one of the shirts and I absolutely adore him. So uh, I just love being kind of part. If I can be closer to Peter Frampton, that would be great. But anyways, um, I definitely just want to get the word out about uh, the Road Recovery Organization. And, um, you know, addiction is not something to be afraid of. It's not, we need to talk about it and get it out there and make it aware and see what we can do about um, tackling these problems that we have overall. So, so that's great, and it's a great way to to really um, have a noble effort on a uh, you know based on your potty mouth. So that's yeah. great. We will have we, we will have a link to the the charity and all all of that in our show notes. So for everyone who's listening, we will have provide those links so you can check them out. Uh, highly encourage that, and and that's an awesome idea. Uh, Aaron for, uh, for doing this. Yeah. You got to like turn the bad into good. You know what I mean? Like got to keep positive and see what we can do. And it, uh, it's a great program. that's doing a lot. I've met a lot of the kids, so it's a great program. I'm, I really support it hundred percent. 
I'm just I'm gonna make Corey do all the editing of this episode because I just I can't imagine the amount of bleeps that we're about to have. To. <laughs> I'm gonna do yeah. my best. I'm gonna do my best. I promise. So, uh, any early predictions? Ooh, what's the over under? That, yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Three. I say I'll, at least uh, the max I'll do is three. I, was I go. More. I, oh, I go over on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's like in 20. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll, I'll go in the middle of 10. Whoever's cl- whoever's, whoever is the furthest way also is going to donate as well. Yeah. So we'll oh. do that. Okay. We'll, we'll make Price some fun. Right rules. I love yeah, it. We'll make some fun tonight. Okay. I love it. All right. So let's uh, jump into some news. It's been a couple of weeks actually since we really talked about some news stories. There's some really interesting things and a lot of really newsworthy topics that have been coming around the last couple of weeks. So we're going to talk about a few. A few of them are a little more dated than we normally would do, but I think it's it's worthwhile talking about. But the first one that I want to bring up, I saw an article around, uh, you know, the World Series just concluded a couple of days ago. Uh, the Astros won. Congratulations to them. First time they've ever won. Yeah. But How do you feel article, about that, Brett? As a Red Sox fan, uh, sad, but as a fan, as long as the Yankees didn't win, I'm a lot happier. So... So I'm okay with it. And, and congratulations to them for winning. And the fact that we can talk about data and the World Series and, and you know, analytics, I'm okay with it. So, uh, you know, this article, you know, how big data won the World Series. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting play. You know, we, we've all or most of us has heard of Moneyball and the whole, you know, the art of winning with, with baseball and with sports and being able to use data to get that competitive advantage. This article really talks about how, you know, the Astros did that and they've been doing that for a couple of years and sports illustrated actually, I think it was sports illustrated actually predicted uh, in 2014 that the Astros were going to be the world series champions in 2017 because of the strategy that they started to employ around using data analytics to, uh, to really gain an edge and, and to win. So really interesting article. I mean, I think it just shows how, uh, how what we're doing in, in this industry and what we're doing with with big data is, is everywhere and how it's helping drive you know um success and innovation across any any anything right so what do you guys feel about that love it uh mine uh my my big fun one uh for big data was uh watching nascar uh you know being from the south uh-huh. uh, uh sunday afternoons revolved around sitting on the couch with my dad watching those things drive fast and turn left and uh, yeah well yeah you know we complete with uh sleeveless t-shirts and <laughs> cut off blue jean shorts and a and camouflage pretty pretty kicking mullet uh no it, it's hot. uh it's Very it's incredible to see what's happening now you know because it, 20 years ago when when we were watching it when i was a kid it, it was just drive fast turn left you know uh streamline in between now or behind your the driver in front of you but now you know they're looking shaving off tenths of seconds or thousands of a seconds by increasing the air pressure decreasing the air pressure running simulations of what that would look like and it's a it's a huge data problem there because it's streaming versus batch and doing it during the off season during peak season and yeah so the the use of analytics around sports has absolutely become a crazy phenomena yeah but i I, what i love most about it is that there is not a market that is not seeing an advantage from data analytics right you think that companies are like no i don't need it it's not important to me and you're like sports are doing it right like you know we i used to live in massachusetts and theo epstein was almost like a god because he really turned around the red Sox, you know helped them win the world series and that was it's important to boston sports are important to boston so it was it's really great to see how 
just simply sports. And I was watching a news report the other day that talked about the Astros and it was a gentleman that wrote Moneyball and he had indicated, you know, that people thought that analytics was going to make sports boring and really just take away that like interest. And this was a really exciting world series. I mean, it went to seven games. The plays were different. When people that are watching the games were able to see, you know, the analytics in play and how they were, the players were positioned differently in the lineups and where they were. And that's really, really interesting. And I love it because then it really puts interest in everyone's mind with regard to the power of data and what it can do. And people that thought that maybe it wasn't an exciting thing and it was just more math and science and wanted to stick away with it or like, wow, now you can, you can use this in, in sports. Like I want to be a part of that. And that's always huge. And I love that. I thought the same thing. I was at a, a conference a few months ago and the one of the keynote speakers was the VP of analytics for the Portland Trail, Trailblazers, the basketball right. team. And first and foremost, the fact that they employ a vice president level, you know, analytic you know, person is, is awesome. It, it's just showing that owners and, and teams and general managers are really placing a huge emphasis on analytics. Um, but I, I think the point that really resonated with me was it's, it's not about being a hundred percent accurate, right? You, you're not actually um, trying to, to it's, sports are very subjective. There's a lot of things that influence data points, right? Um, with baseball, for example, if a pitcher throws a pitch and the catcher catches the ball and moves it back into the strike zone, how do you actually depict that with data or in basketball, if someone scores a layup, uh, was it because the defender had a, you know, was it a fast break or was it because the defender was slow getting up and down the court? There's so there's some subjective things, but what he was saying was it's all about getting that one or two or 10% better accuracy. So you make a little bit of a better decision that gives you that competitive advantage over the other teams. And I always think about any given Sunday, right? Where a, a football team can beat another football team. 10% is a, a huge, huge yeah. advantage uh, on, on any given Sunday. So I think, you know, I'm mixing a lot of different sports right now, but it all rolls into this whole thing of let's just get as much of an edge as possible. And data analytics is doing that for teams and colleges are adopting as well. Duke University, uh, Kentucky and a few others are actually putting cameras in the rafters to catch all these different data points in real time so that they can make decisions and coaches can make, you know, corrections not maybe on the spot, but, but, you know, at timeouts or at halftime or, you know, near real time to affect the outcome of that particular game. So it's a, it's a huge thing right now. And I'm really excited to see how we can hone it even more to be, to go from maybe 10% accuracy to 15 or 20% accuracy in the yeah. future. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was in college, I was, um, uh, a rower and I got to really be a part of an amazing team. And initially it was always like what you, how you kind of like manage or how you build out um, the skulls, right. And how do you build out the boats and the materials that you're using? And there's a lot of science that's associated with it, but to be able to really apply that math and those capabilities and those theories and, and analytics and really like where do you put the blade in the water and the, and the length of it and how that makes an impact overall, because it's, it all comes back to physics, certainly in rowing. I mean, I think everything comes back to physics, but in rowing, I mean, when you watch rowers, right, the, the ones that look like they're just not working that hard are the ones that are working the hardest, right? So it's really great to see that kind of like capabilities applying all of these different aspects and all these fields to something that we love so much um, and can be a part of. And I, and I just, I love it. I love everything about it. I think it's great. Going back to the article, uh, you can see that there's a shout out from our buddy Bill Schmarzo, 
uh, over at Dell Global Services, where he was talking about the integration of soft data and hard data. So hard data being more of number of strikeouts, number of walks, number of wins, number of losses, but then soft data being more of a an emotional drive there. Uh, you know, so how are they feeling? What what's happening outside of their life? Kind of pulling in analytics off of emotion. And part of me wonders if uh, if we will see teams start to uh, integrate manipulating soft data a bit to try and throw the uh, analytics off a bit. What do you guys yeah, think I love of that? that. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's already happening. Um, it, I, I play a lot of fantasy football and I try to figure out, you know, let's look at let's look at the numbers, right? Like who is going to be the best wide receiver on the wave wire this week? But it's more than just points it's and, and matchups. I really think, you know, I always try to pick the wide receiver that's going home to where they used to play. Because they have that emotional advantage, right? They they they're amped up. They want to you know show their old team that this is uh that 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 they they passed on them. So I, I always think that that is definitely something that you want to take in consideration. But it's so hard to quantify that, right? In a in a way to actually show some type of data model. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting though because I think as we add a lot more of the machine learning and the AI, and it was great. We were uh, talking about this recently about, you know, now being cameras watching us as we watch movies and our reactions or as we watch TVs and the impact of our motion and how that kind of sets of how movies will be kind of developed purely by our emotions and looking at, well, we look really, really sad. So maybe that's not the perfect ending as, you know, they test out these movies. And I think emotion is going to have the biggest play as, again, we start adding in this machine learning AI capabilities and really having the machines kind of predicting what it is that we're going to do and what are the outcomes that we're looking for overall to make us like happy or sad or, or anything like along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of hope it just creates more uh, outlandish characters of, of athletes like the Marshawn Lynch's of, of football and, and stuff like that, where it's just entertaining to watch them off the field and on, but that's a, that's a personal, nah, I get that personal wish. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, so let's uh, shift gears a little bit um, to just our last news topic, and I think this is a pretty big one uh, in October. So uh, Splunk had a pretty busy month in October. Uh, They just came fresh off their eighth annual user conference, and they went ahead and within, I think, an eight-day period, uh, purchased uh, two companies, so uh, Rokona Rokona and SignalSense. Um, So (laughs) two, two, uh, two companies in eight days. What do you guys think about that? I think it's uh, extremely interesting considering uh, uh, when we were going into Conf, there was talks of, was it Semantic? Yeah. Uh, buying Splunk. Uh, and then them to come out and boom, in, in eight days, there they are uh, purchasing two. Um, that that was interesting in and of itself. Uh, but but what's interesting is what the both of these companies do and how that will play back to the Splunk portfolio. Because uh, Splunk, you know, it's, it's mostly known, it's quote unquote golden handcuffs have been enterprise security using things as a security tool uh, when it when it does a lot more so when you take it at a core what rokana is known for which is going to be your uh it operations uh that i think that'll play well into itsi uh the it service intelligence applications so getting that service level uh uh monitoring and growing that out um but what do you guys think yeah, I mean, I love it. I think it's like great. I'm all about, um, you know, I came in through, um, I started some of my career from a networking aspect, but it really touched a lot on like the security. And I love using data 
purely from a security aspect, but to really be able to branch outside of that and to use the data for greater capabilities is always important for any business and to really think past those capabilities and not just kind of be like pigeonholed along those lines. But hopefully they've been using all the analytics and all the data correctly to make these right decisions from a business perspective. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Splunk has been very vocal about, you know, having a, a very major priority, and that is widening the gap between their competition. They're already the leader in operational intelligence in, in this space, but they want to widen that gap even further and really create some more uh, buffer room between their competition. So I think both of these do that, but in two different ways. I think uh, Rakana allows them to extend that gap because they integrate uh, a, com- a competitor into into their organization and that technology and IP. Uh, and then I think, you know, the the acquisition of SignalSense gives them a machine learning, more machine learning tools and more of a machine learning sense, which is where they need to go to be to continue to stay as relevant as possible in this area. So they're doing two things there, widening the gap by acquiring their comp- uh, competition and then adding more tools to their tool bag to be more successful in the future. Yeah, because we're absolutely seeing a, a larger uh, audience for the machine learning toolkit and then going into deep learning and AI and all that fun stuff. So to be able to acquire somebody like that to go ahead and uh, get them to an elevated status of the leader in machine learning, I think will be extremely interesting. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with machine learning toolkit. All right. So let's go ahead and, and shift to the the main portion of, of this episode, and that's putting Aaron Big Data Banks in the hot seat. So Aaron, are you all strapped in and ready so. to go? I think I got this. Are you nervous? I haven't said a, little a bad toasty. word yet. I have to... Um, I'm disappointed. No, I, yeah. I need to get you fired up. It looks like Kyle and I are going to be donating some money well, tonight. No matter what, there will be a donation <laughs> that's made. Like I can't not do a donation, but i got to at least get one beep in. No. Maybe we'll just append at the end of the episode <laughs> before you gonna, swear for 20 yeah, minutes yeah, straight. That would be great. You know? Actually, if I can just do like a rant where I can just sit there and just like go off and then like see how many beeps I can get, like that would be awesome. Like that would be awesome. I think we might be able to do that. All right, Banks, you're strapped in. You're yeah, ready to go. I got this. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do with big data? Just tell, let us know you a little bit better. Yeah, so uh, so I work for Dell EMC. And I initially came into the company through RSA, the acquisition. So when I accepted my job offer at RSA, it was um, it was probably around the same time that EMC said that they were going to acquire RSA. But it was funny because I found RSA because I worked at this company called Bay Networks. It got bought by Nortel, and then it became Nortel Networks. And I was driving to the mall and drove by RSA, and they were having an open house. And it's so funny how like these little moments in your life like change everything. And I started working at RSA. And then the acquisition uh, happened and I was doing post sales like tech support. And then I went to um, basically sales and I became like an SE supporting the federal system integrators. And I'll never forget. It was a, an EBC and Joe Tucci was an EBC and it was one of our customers that was looking to find ways to really make an impact and how to create new products and services. And this was, I gotta say it was like seven years ago, even maybe more than that. And it was in the EBC and Joe Tucci was literally saying, you need to talk, you need to look at the data and you need to acquire more data and you need to make business decisions and you need to either sell information or apply new products and services to customers or users of your technology, um, purely understanding who they are from the data. And I was like, so fascinated. And I, I just absolutely like loved it. And I know that it, it, 
I'll never forget it, right? That was seven years. I don't even know what I wore yesterday, but I remember the EBC. I remember where I was sitting. I remember where he was sitting. I remember when he walked around and um, and was introducing himself to everybody, which was like, "I, Uncle Joe, I know who you are. Like, I don't need to... <laughs> I, I did tell him that we called him Uncle Joe one time in Vegas. It was so funny. But... um. <laughs> What do, you, what do you say he to did, that? So he was gambling. He was like at a craps table with a lot of executives from naturally. Yeah. And it was during one of the EMC <laughs> world conferences and everybody had left because I eventually became a V specialist and everyone ended up following Chad to the craps table. And that's always the thing. Follow Chad to the craps table. But I was like, I love uncle Joe. And I literally sat there and he just kind of, I caught his eye and I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm like, did you know that we call you uncle Joe? And he was like, no. No, no, no. <laughs> and I was like, yep. It was a very stoic yeah. way, right? Yeah. And he was, he really, so much class to him. So um, I really did admire him and I loved working for him and really thought he was a great leader. So, anyways, he really, really drove it and I was really excited about it. So I, you know, worked for, um, became a V specialist, like I said. I then went to VMware, I went to Juniper, and I came back to EMC at the time. It was Heritage EMC. And they, Basically, they were like, we want you to do messaging for, at the time, it was big data, was really what we call a campaign in marketing. And they were like, we want you to do big data. You know, I have a technical background. I have electrical engineering degree from Northeastern University, which is, that was the rowing team that it was on. And it was really interesting because then I great to take these skills. I absolutely love talking with customers. I love presenting. I love being, you know, goofy and self-deprecating and everything along those lines. So I... Um, I took on the role. We eventually changed the campaign and data analytics, but right now I'm just focused on an outward messaging that we have for data analytics at Dell EMC. So when you think about like the Dell EMC big data Twitter handle, you know, those are my tweets. When we talk about the um, bigdatablog.emc.com, these are blogs that we focus on that a lot of you guys are writing for. So really great capabilities of showing and proving that Dell EMC is a data analytics a resource that customers can come to if it's whether or not you need assistance with services because you're trying to figure out a use case um, or you need some capabilities of deploying some capabilities, anything along those lines that Dell EMC is here to help them with. And and not only that, but obviously our, strate- our strategically aligned businesses as well under the Dell Technologies branch. So that's pretty exciting um, capability and that's my background. Yeah. How long have you been doing that? So I've been in this role for two years. You know, I really, like I said, like I just... I've had a lot of capabilities. Like I said, you know, I did networking, security, storage, virtualization, back to networking, back to data analytics. I've really touched uh, a lot of like markets over my entire career. Yeah. Um, but, you know, data analytics specifically has been really the last two years. Um, and it's so funny because then when I came back to EMC and then maybe like a couple months later, then that's when Dell um, made the announcement. So it's like every time I start off, you know, there's like a huge acquisition that happens. So, uh, yeah. Acquisition yeah. is my middle name. I mean, not, not really. <laughs> well, you're not allowed to go anywhere yeah. anytime okay. soon. So. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> right, you're stuck with me. It's so funny. Yeah. My middle name, I use, um, I think like Aaron Banks looks too short. So I use Aaron K period Banks. And a few people are like, what's your middle name? And I'm like, killer. And then, yeah, like right? Yeah. yeah. Now, is that killer with an E-R or an A-H? Oh. No. Oh. Or just an A. Or just killer. an A. No, just... Plain and simple, pretty boring. K I L L E R. I'm from Ohio, so we kind of like to keep it simple. Yeah, so you got your street. Code in the, <laughs> yeah, in the, in the cornfield. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, you know, I um, 
I'll say my first time kind of getting into big data was I was also at EBC and we were with a customer, uh, Pachanga, and they were talking about what they were trying to do around, um, you know, getting insights into to their casino uh, floor and how to make more targeted marketing campaigns for people that came to the casino. And just I, I kind of took a step back. I was like, this is really where, you know, what, what could drive and what does drive business. And I kind of just became really addicted to business outcomes with uh, data analytics and big data. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of share share your story on how you kind of came into yeah, this. So, so Aaron, you, you've talked a lot about how you started in this area, but, you know, you've stayed in this area for a while now. So what what kind of keeps you waking up every morning, going and, and doing things with, with big data? You know, what, what are you passionate about that kind of keeps you driving? Yeah, so I'd, pro- I'd probably say it's, it's the extremes about using data. Like I'm not really one to kind of ride down the middle of the road. I'm either like right or left. Like I tend to be a little extreme. Like it was so funny. I have um, like about 12 tattoos. And I remember I was in Thailand with my friend and we were getting another star and we were going to, she's like, we'll just put this star in the middle. I'm like, I think I'm going to be a little off center. I'm going to be a little to the, a little extreme from that aspect. So I really love the idea. I, I stay in the business and I because, specifically because I love the idea of the good that can happen from it, right? Like using mm-hmm. data in a good way and not to go back to like the whole EBCs, but I remember this customer and I think they were, I want to say they were out of like North Carolina and they talked about how they were using data to determine whether it was, it was like almost like what the right sentence was for someone who violated um, a law. So for instance, they were saying they were they were making determinations that said should we arrest this person or not because they realized that if they arrested somebody that more than likely that person would then have to call in sick to their job and that mm-hmm. may end up being that they have to then they'll lose their job because they'll get fired because we don't have rights from that capability right and then if they lose their job they may lose their car and then they may lose their house and they may lose their family and what's the rippling effect of making a decision, right? So they were literally saying, we won't arrest somebody if we realize that the ripple effect is having a greater impact on our county. And that was like amazing to me. Like, yes, like, thank you for understanding that. Again, like I said earlier, like it's physics. It has a ripple effect. It's one action causes another reaction and everything continues along those lines. And to see that kind of capability in a town realizing the power of the data in that aspect was great. And then there's also the extreme that goes with it that says, well, now people are making, you know, really these decisions about um, data that says like, you know, people may come in for a loan and before you would have like a face-to-face interaction with somebody and you're like, yeah, I can, Mm -hmm. I would have, I have good energy. I can feel this person. I think they're good and I will give them a loan. Maybe they don't look good on paper, but I see them and I wouldn't give them, that loan. But now, you know, we talk about, there's this amazing book that I've been reading called the weapons of math destruction. And it talks about like those using math in a negative way that says, okay, well, we're not, we're, you know, don't give that person a loan. Cause it's just, it's just too risky. And you're like, we, we lose that human interaction that says that we are willing to take that risk on you and that we believe in you. And, you know, those are the extreme kind of things that keep me in it. You know, the security aspect of it, the negative aspect, the positive aspect, it's not just like, Hey, let's create like, you know, this new feature, you know, in our, in our automobile, it's really more the lines of, we're not going to 
you know, this is, again, we're not going to arrest this person because it's going to have a greater impact and we don't want to do that. It would be better to give them, put them in a program, you know, that's every night that's better. Changing the way humans interact with each other based upon analysis of data. Yeah. And I just, I just hope that we as human beings will do the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know how to answer that, but I really hope for the best. Right. I have one of my tattoos is hope because I purely believe that we have the capability to do that and it, we're all being tested to do that. And I just hope that, that that will happen, that, that people will try to make the positive of it and realize this is wrong. Although the data says this, this is what I believe. And we trust the person that says that I'm putting a stake in the ground. I'm owning this risk. And I'm going to give that person that loan, even though the numbers say, no, I'm going to do that. And we as human beings are saying, okay, then that's fair. Um, and I do that. And I always talk about really making sure that that human aspect is really added into the analytics kind of capabilities and that we're not losing sight of that. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard a, a lot over the last year, year and a half around, you know, this term human progress, right. And how, Big data and analytics are driving human progress, whether it's uh, the fight against cancer or, you know, some of the other uh, education. Just how do we help, you know, take all the the good that we're doing and all the, the innovation that companies are doing, whether it's for the business or for what, and apply that to ways that we can actually drive human progress and human success in the future. I think that's a um, an excellent reason to to be a part of this this uh, this group and this community. Uh, side note, Aaron, what was your stance on the movie Minority Report? Um, so I didn't see that, but I did see um, the Ex Machina. Is that how you say it, right? Like, did you see that one with the, oh, did you not see that one? So that no. one was, I just recently like rented it for like 99 cents. And it was so interesting because this, um, it was like a Silicon Valley type CEO and he had a contest with the company and the computer science guy won the contest and he threw him the Island. But basically he created this AI, this woman, and it was so fascinating. You have to see it. And it was like, Oh, this is perfect timing. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I'm like, I have to bring this up at the podcast. And that was like last week. And again, I don't even know what I wore yesterday, but it was a really, really yeah. great movie about this, you know, machine learning AI, um, the machine really responding to him and his emotions and what the um, CEO had trained in her to kind of do. And it was like, whether or not it was a game and whether or not it was trickery, it was so fascinating. It was, I, I highly recommend, um, I highly recommend that you check it out because I did not see minority report. Sorry. Yeah. Banks uh, recommended me another movie last week and I watched it last night and it was uh, uh Good job. Good hit. Uh, the founder, Ugh. but that has nothing to do with big data. No, but I just, anyway. I would, I don't know. I think it, it has a little bit to do with big data, but we won't get into that. It has to do with, it has to do with innovation and it has to do with, um, you know, going away from the status quo and maintaining to moving towards, towards something new. And they do some data around the optimizing of the conveyor belt and all the, yeah, you know, so I think, it, I think, I think at the end of the day, now in today's world that this was what 40 50 60 years ago um big data is the foundation of being able to uh move towards that that disruption so yeah so i i think that's a great example and actually that segues into a question i have for you aaron 
you give a lot of EBCs, you, you talk to a lot of customers and, and you present on the Dell EMC strategy. I've sat in a few of yours and they're all great. And you tell a lot of really relatable stories where I think customers kind of take a step back and say, aha, that's, that makes sense to me and I can relate and I can translate that to my business. What's your favorite story? What's the one that really always sticks to you? Um, wow. So, and we're talking about like how using data to make a difference in your business, right? Like if that's. Or just what story within data analytics that you tell the customers is, is your yeah, favorite? I mean, honestly, I think the domino story is my favorite and it really is because, um, and I like, no offense. And I live, so I told you I lived in Massachusetts, but now I moved to New Jersey and I grew up in New York and, and growing up in New York, you don't eat Domino's pizza. You just don't eat it. I mean, I'm not judging. It's too it's, good. You, okay. Well, good for you. Like, so I'm going to, I'm going to take a sep- second and say this podcast is sponsored by Domino's. <laughs> no, it's, no, Domino's it's not. No, it's not. But, um, I like love the story because the CEO of Domino's has literally said that his main goal and that it, how he's moking, moving forward, his main goal is, although they, they did work on making better pizza because the CEO did admit their pizza wasn't great, but his, the main story that he says is he wants, he understands that humans are looking for maximum digital interaction and minimal human interaction. And I think it's one of those things that I love kind of like repeating clearly because I, I talk very, very fast and I'm very passionate about this. So I slow it down and I'm like, do you understand that, that this is a fucking pizza company and that they are trying to make a di- wait, $10 hashtag $10. Yeah. So they are a pizza company and they are understanding the impact of this digital transformation and the need to do, use the data to understand what consumers are looking for. They have developed a robotics unit, right? There's a Domino's robotics unit. This is a pizza company, people. Like you can't make it up. And when you think about the fact of like a a little autonomous vehicle that's like driving on the road, because why? Because they realize that there will not be drivers for their pizza in 10 years. So they're like, well, or even sooner than that, right? Five years. And we just... To realize that a pizza company is understanding the tradition, the transition that they need to make and the transformation that they need to make and how data is going to help them do that just absolutely floors me. It's amazing to see like businesses and creating products and services purely based from a data perspective. I just, I absolutely adore it. I, I eat it up like a good pizza. I'm a huge fan of what Domino's doing in that space. I got to be honest. I think uh, so. My wife is out of town this weekend, so I'm bacheloring it. I think I might need to do some professional development this. Yeah, just tonight. order it. Order I mean, Domino's pizza. you can order Domino. Did you know that like Domino's has a wedding registry? Domino's um, allows you to open to yeah. What? They allow you to order pizza through like Twitter and Facebook and you know um, like Alexa. Um, you can text them an emoji of a pizza slice, and they send you your default. They pizza. have an app that if you open it. And you don't touch it, it countdowns for 10 seconds. And if you don't touch it, it will put the order in for you and deliver it to you. Like they, again, minimal interaction. Like, and I remember somebody was saying like, I know, I know it's Domino's, but they're the ones that, that deliver pizza to me while I'm sitting on my couch, like hungover. And I love that meme that like shows somebody like hungover in bed and they put in the order for the pizza and they're like, listen, I left the door unlocked from the second door from the right. If you can just bring it to me in bed. And they showed like this picture of a Domino's delivery <laughs> I mean, I like love it, but again, it's like, like the lazy man's like easy way of getting food. And I absolutely adore it because it's just pizza and it's not even, again, 
it's not even great pizza from that standpoint. And it doesn't, it doesn't require it. It's about getting first to the market and creating an experience for users that make them continue to go back. That's what it's about, right? It's why, you know, Amazon is winning the market in so many areas because they have an experience that people love and are used to. And it's the first thing we think of like, I need something. Well, I'm going to go to Amazon first. And even if I go to the store and I like what I see, I'm still going to get it through Amazon because it's more than likely cheaper. And then they're going to deliver it to me. And it's just a better experience overall. And bringing that kind of frame point to people's mind and realizing that when it comes down to it, data analytics is not about the infrastructure. It is purely about making a change in your business. It's about that competitive advantage. It's about the use case that you're trying to solve, you know, whether or not it's where do you open up your next pizza hut or Domino's or their supermarket or, or how, what are we going to challenge next year? What are the, what's the new color that's going to come out, you know, from a clothing perspective, these are all important things and it takes data to answer those questions. And we don't always like look to data to find those answers, but it can absolutely give you those answers without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I feel like I get in a trance. Wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I get in this like trance. Like I, I like I I'm like off in a no man's land, just talking to myself. Like it's so funny. Like I just love. I it. love it. I think it's our uh, first official banks rant of the <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Big Data Beer podcast. By the way, Domino's Pizza. If you're listening, we will gladly uh, accept pizza to do a competition. Oh, that would be great. Full length podcast yeah. of of the analytics. So Domino's, please call love us. It. We are easily bought. Um, <laughs> all right. Nice. So la- last question in the hot seat, Banks. This term data lake, it's been around for a little bit. I want to get your thoughts on that. <laughs> what is our poll up to of how many like bad words I can say? We started at uh, – you've only done one. No, no, I two. think I did two. two? And, and I remember I interrupted myself with like, like hashtag like 10, do- 10 bucks. Um I'm going to be good here. I mean, the fact is it's got, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of industry terms, right? And it's so funny because I did, uh, while you guys were at Splunkoff, I was at Strata Data Conference here in New York and I told, I did an, an interview and it's on our big data YouTube channel for Dell EMC for the playlist. So it's again, it's a big data playlist under the Dell EMC channel on YouTube. And I did this video and I told the guy, I'm like, well, it's like, um, HCI or hyperconvergence. And he was like, hyperconvergence is, uh, is that a Dell EMC term or is that an industry term? And I just kept like, I felt bad because I kind of like laughed at him and I wasn't like laughing at him like in any like negative way, but it's just when you're living the world of HCI, you're, you, it's just, it just kind of like rolls off your tongue. It's kind of like something you feel like you need to get tattooed on you. Cause it's like part of your life. But when it comes down to it, it's like so much more. And I'm not a huge fan of, again, industry terms because not everyone knows them. When you're in it, your your expectation is that people know what it is. So I, the one thing that I appreciate that I can do is I don't have an issue whatsoever with asking people to define it. So data lake means a lot of things to different people, just like data analytics means a lot of things to different people. And I don't like it because sometimes we use it certainly from a marketing perspective. And again, my background is not in marketing. It's, you know, engineering. And they use a term like that, that you, you assume that everyone knows the same across the board. It doesn't, it's not beneficial to me. So I understand the concept. I believe in the concept of a single repository for data analysis. I don't believe in data silos. I believe that there's a reason why we pull everyone together for conferences and for EBCs and for meetings and for like all of us on a podcast, because 
it's better that way. It's visibility. I can understand. Like I always joke when I'm giving an EBC, I want everyone together. So I know if you're sleeping, cause there's nothing worse than when you're given a meeting and you don't know what your audience is, right? Hopefully I know the two of you have had meetings like that where you're just talking blindly into the universe and you're not getting that feedback and nobody, nobody likes to do meetings like that. So why would we do, you know, our businesses like that? Why would we manage our data like that? Um, where we don't have that visibility, where we don't understand, understand it, why we don't respect it enough. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that pulling all the data together really gives you the ability to respect your data and to treat it with the love and care that you need to give it. And I know like a lot of businesses don't see that and they're like, you know, making a face at me and like, is she for real? Like, what is she smoking? And I'm not like, I'm not, but it's data has enormous value. I don't, I drink, I don't smoke. Um, it has enormous value and it's really important organizations and you have to use it in the best kind of capabilities that you can to really create those outcomes that you're looking for. And it's just, it's believe me, right? Like trust your instruments, be a pilot, trust your instruments. It's going to be okay. And data is going to help you kind of, if you manage it correctly, if you secure it correctly, if you you know tag it correctly, it will take care of you in the long run. In my opinion, it was a uh, well thought. Was out. that another yeah, rant? Well, well said. I feel like that's just an extension of the rant. So I think you're good. <laughs> All right. So before you can get out of the hot seat, and before we, uh, you know, we're going to move on to our final segment. That's the uh, rapid fire get to know you better questions. I think we, uh, we know you pretty well. Yeah, you do. But I think we're going to do some rapid fire questions here. So we're going to start with the first one. What year will Skynet go online? So to be honest, I don't think that's, I, so in my world, I think we're going to end up like Wally. Do you, you remember like Wally? Like Wally. Yeah. 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 No, I really yeah. think that we're all going to be like riding around in these like lazy, I mean, like we're talking about ordering pizza from like Twitter, right. And getting pizza delivered in your bed. Cause you're hungover. Like, I think we're all going to end up more like Wally riding in these like seats. Cause we've ruined earth and we've completely ignored all the importance of being a human being in life. And I, I'm going to pick for Wally to happen in 83 years. And I, I don't think Skynet's going to happen. I think we'll kill ourselves before then. That's, that's just my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Yep. Good thought. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I think that's the most interesting one we've had so far. <laughs> most morbid one we've had oh, so yeah. far. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I think um, I feel worse about ordering pizza now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go for a run on the way home. Um, all right. So next one, what's the, uh, the last book that you read? Uh, the last book I read. Uh, or if you were to get us a book, oh, what would it be? So last book, Kyle, I'm glad that you asked that question. So I tell this to everyone that's in a, so there's two things, right? Just hear me out. This may be another rant. So just hold on your horses. So the first one, is that anyone that wants to be in a relationship should read the five love languages. It's very, very important. Oh, that's a great book. See, thank you. That's a great book. Kyle, it will change your life. Listen, I totally understand the importance of being in a completely failed relationship and realizing that you didn't understand the right way to love your companion and realizing that if I only knew what their love language was, maybe, just maybe, it would have changed something, right? And it's all... When it comes down to it, it's all data analytics about relationships. It's like, like, what do they want? What do they need? And what's going to make them happy? I'm collecting the data to do that. So there's that. That's a uh, uh, Corey. 
Corey swears by that one. Oh my as well. god, really? That's, Maybe we need to do yeah, a pocket the, corn. I need to do a that podcast. should just be a sponsored uh, book yes. from the Big Data Bureau. I, you know what? I need to. We need to do a podcast, Corey and I, about required reading for I team agree. members. Totally agree. You know, yeah. Um, from a technical perspective, I'm currently reading this book called Small Data, which is really interesting. It says the tiny clues and uncover huge trends. So it's been interesting, and obviously it talks about how even now that we have like smartphones and like dinner takes longer because people are constantly looking at their phones and they don't look at the menu and the food gets to the table and they're still looking at their phones and it's cold and they complain. So I love that. I love that. I really, I eat it up. Um, obviously the weapons of math destruction is really great. Um, the Phoenix project, you know, as a techie, that's always really, really important. So I would probably say that. And then on a personal level, um, I'm just reading a book that, um, it's called Into the Water. It's from the the girl on the train wrote it. So kind of oh, jumping on yeah. that bad. Yeah. So Am I good. the only one that has like four books going at a single time? I think so. Yeah. Probably. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. You're, you're a heck of a reader, huh? Well, no. I mean, it's just like when I'm working, I feel like I need to have like, I, I pack like small data because I'm like, well, I need to get my brain in like the mind. Like traveling across the United States, it's all right. about the Dell MC forums. I talked about the Dell MC data analytics strategy. I want to be thinking about that. And then when I'm home, I read, you know, more of the non-work kind of like books, but essentially I definitely have a couple books yeah. going on a single time. Though, that's for sure. You're a heck of a reader. Yeah. I try. I'm yeah. trying. And you're not doing audiobooks either. It's all. Yeah. Books, I right? love like, I, there's nothing that makes me happier than walking into like a Barnes and Nobles or just a bookstore, like a local bookstore and looking at the yeah. books. And I definitely, I try to say like, I don't judge but I definitely judge a book by its cover and literally like literally a book by its cover. So, um, hmm. which I think we all know, and especially now that I'm in marketing, it's like for sure that definitely do that. But, um, I love it. I love picking up a book and reading it and, um, <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, Good uh, job, thanks. Yay. Yeah. Neat bragger. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of music are you rocking out to right now? Um, I was trying to think. So I, I definitely listen to a lot of Sirius XM. Like that's oh, like yacht rock this summer was like my go-to. Like I love yacht rock. I know. Yacht rock. Oh my God. You have to try it. It's so good. I love yacht rock. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. I know. You got to uh, dig yes. into this one. Industry term. Double yeah. clicking. <laughs> Ugh, I hate or banks ran into this. Yeah, please. we need to talk. Oh, we we need to talk. Like yacht rock is amazing. <laughs> we need to talk. Um, talk. Were you from Jersey? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Listen, it's it's hard enough moving from Jersey when you grew up. I grew up in Ohio and New York. Talk about like the two different worlds trying to come together. But I grew up in New York, and Jersey was not the place you want to end up. And yet, I ended up here. Um. So and I love it. So far, it's been great. I'm really, really happy. Everyone's really, really nice in Jersey. So I would say there's that, um, but I like, like alternative. I really love, I've always, I grew up when I was in high school, I was a goth chick and you know, like black, 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 like that's my color. Um, so I definitely still stick with those, you know, songs like the cure, Depeche mode. They still bands that really bring me back to, you know, nine inch nails, a happy place, (laughs) which Billy Joel. Oh my God. It's Billy Joel. (laughs) it's like so funny that you said that I'm like yeah i have to, diversity i've been to a lot of billy yeah. joel concerts i love him like i oh could you imagine could you you guys know me could you imagine if i ever ended up in front of billy joel i don't know what i would do like 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm- Billy Joel, if you're listening, we have Domino's Pizza. Yeah, I would totally pee my pants and it would be so embarrassing, but I would be like, it's tough. I try, you know, I try not to stalk him, but anyways, I've seen him a lot. I've definitely seen him a lot. So funny. <laughs> I had like nine inch nails, like Billy Joel. I'm like, yeah, that too. I'm all over the place. There's really isn't anything I don't listen to. I love jazz while I'm working though. I will admit mm-hmm. that. Like it's yeah. So you, you are a woman of a lot of different likes okay yeah, i mean i again i think it has to do with my upbringing between ohio and the cornfields where you're like your summers were spent driving through cornfields as amusement or you know your school time where you'd go in new york city for your amusement it was it definitely was exposed to a lot i'm very thankful that my parents got divorced i've never been so thankful for anything in my entire life than that my parents getting divorced <laughs> okay <laughs> on that note all right so, so on that note we're going to uh end this with two more questions um what <laughs> what show are you binging on right now? Uh, well, I just finished Silicon Valley. Sadly, I can't believe it took me so long to watch it. And I went on a little rant because HBO made me, I was trying to uh, watch it through on demand and they were charging me for season three, which I thought was total shit. Um, but um, uh, HBO is another sponsor oh of this God. show, by the way. It's okay. I tweeted it out. It's very angry. If I'm going to pay, anyways, don't get me started. I don't, we don't have time for another rant. Um, so Silicon Valley definitely just finished it, just finished season four. So I'm really excited for, um, you know, you had to Google when season five coming out, I'm ready. I'm all ready. I love it. It's a really good show. And it's really nice to just, it really is. It's just good. And people make a lot of jokes. Um, I feel like it's the one show. I mean, granted it's a tech show. I mean, how many tech shows are out there that are like legitimate tech shows that you're like, Oh yeah. And you want to buy that t-shirt and you want to make those comments. Um, Hot dog, no hot dog. You know what I mean? Like, you know, all those like, kind of things. It's so funny. I'm, yeah. I'm just waiting for the lift balloon oh, yeah. to get bigger than the Uber yes, balloon. Yes, I love that. Getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, last question before we uh, get you off the hot seat. Who is your bearded idol? Bearded idol? Oh, I don't have any idol. Uh, who's your, who's your, your who, who has a beard oh, oh my God. that you like? Um, Tom Hardy. Oh, my God. Okay. So what? Kyle, he's so hot. Um, Denzel Washington also love. Oh my God. Billy Joel. How about that? He's got a beard right now. There we go. <laughs> All right. So you, you named three. Okay. Sounds Sorry, good. Issues. Tom Hardy, Denzel Washington, Billy Joel. That's it. Final answer. Love it. All right. Take well, Aaron, thank you so much for being here and being on the hot seat. Had a great time chatting with you and Kyle always a pleasure chatting with you Aaron you did a great job I think we only saw heard three bleeps during oh, that nice. so I think I think we're all gonna have to uh to pony up there because we were so far over but in the show notes we're gonna have um what that final donation was thank you again everyone for listening and uh have a great Thanks, day guys appreciate it <laughs>